you make a New Year's resolution? I don't even know if we talked about that. Oh. You definitely need resolutions. You're doing all right. Oh, my God. Thank you. That's really nice to say. Yeah. Um, you as well. You're killing it. Nope. Why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, from the outside, it seems like you're doing all right. You got a new little place, you know? That's cute of you to say that. Yeah. Um, no. What's your resolution? I'm dying from the inside. Oh. Um, uh, you know, you know, it's the same resolutions. I gotta quit smoking. Anyways, um, you don't smoke. You're doing great. <laughs> but uh, okay, we're dealing with snowmageddon here in Victoria, and it's not even so bad. You know, whatever. A couple of days, all this, whatever. Right. Um, I'm just so fucking pissed off right now because I just fell down on my way to work. I I did the responsible thing. I left my truck here at the station because it's not great in the snow. Mm-hmm. And so for the last couple of days, I've been walking, and it's a pleasant walk. I think, I don't even know, maybe we have the audio from this week and maybe not on this podcast, but I was saying to you, like, oh, it's so pleasant. I like walking to work. It's so nice, and in the snow, and the ringing of children's laughter, and everyone's got the day off, so these people are tobogganing on their hills and everything. That was my, like, day one of walking to work. I was like, how lovely. The snow is all crunchy underfoot and mm-hmm. everything, right? Fresh fallen snow. It was like dry snow, too. So you weren't getting the slush or the ice or anything like that. It was more just like fluffy, fun time snow. Day two could not have been a completely more different experience because I get, I don't know, maybe like five or ten minutes into my walk and I hit a patch of ice and I fucking fell hard. Uh. Okay. And I ripped, as you can see here, I wore... Look, I, I try to dress up a little bit. We're going to an event today, and I yeah. just like, oh, we're all collared shirts, like something, better than nothing, right? My only pair of jeans that I own, though, and I fucking fell and split them, and they're all gross and dirty now from the, and, oh my and these gosh. jeans are ruined. That's- and these are like Levi's. It's tough to hit these jeans and, and split them. These will just last forever. I don't, you just wear a hole mm. in the knees of Levi's for the uh, most part. Depending on them, I have before, but I mean, those ones are like real like commuter jeans, right? Like those yes. are meant to be a little bit thicker and they, yeah. uh, now you got a, like a cool um, style. Like I have Levi jeans that have a hole in them, but they're there on purpose like I'm wearing right now. So now we're matching. So that's right. cool. Yeah, but it looks cool and cute on you. It looks like Well, you just make it cool and cute. Just n- cut it. An adult man can't be walking around. Anyways, I got to buy new jeans now. I'm, I'm, these, these jeans are fucked. Okay? And the problem is that people don't go outside and clear the sidewalks in front of their house. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's what people are trying to do. And then after day one, okay, people walk then on the snow and mm-hmm. like compact it. it down. And then that turns to the slipperiest ice possible. Okay? What do you... What are you doing? Yeah, you gotta you gotta salt it, right? You don't even have to salt it. You just gotta fucking clear it. Yeah. Okay. So, day, snow. We get the big dump. Day one, as you mentioned, I'm in a new place. So I go out in front of the house, and it's cute because there's a bunch of us who all live in the house, and so it was like a little team effort. Someone from every suite was out there, and mostly the other two suites were clearing the driveway because it was a big driveway, and they needed to get their cars in and out. Okay, right? Then once that was done, and I did that with them too. Then I went to the sidewalk and I cleared a path. I didn't even like clear the entire sidewalk. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I cleared a path through the sidewalk and I got right down to the fucking pavement. Didn't leave a thin layer of snow on there. Mm -hmm. Okay. To turn to nothing but sheer ice. Cleared it. And that took a while, but I did it. That's a responsible thing to do. And then I noticed my neighbors as well. They hadn't really done theirs, so I continued on. It was like a shovel-wide path through the snow on the sidewalk. And then sure enough, today, as the snow starts to melt, that is clear. And it's like walking on the sidewalk. It's nice. nothing. 
Good for but you. But there are people who don't. And you mm. know who the people are because they're it's just right in front of their house. Yeah. And they don't fucking clear it. And your only excuse is, I'm 90 years old and I can't go out there and do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, now I'm even more mad at the other neighbors on the street because I guess what? I used to live in a house where we had 90-year-old neighbors. And first I would clear out in front of my house on the sidewalk and then I would go to the neighbor's house and clear out theirs. That's real nice. So I don't know what the excuse is, but this is enough. And get the fuck out there and clear your <laughs> sidewalks. Can you get fined for not doing it, too? I think there is, like, some sort of fine if it's, like, a certain amount of days. It's like, okay, now, Judy, you got to get out there. <laughs> um, yeah, our house is kind of like, we kind of play chicken at our house. Um, there's one person who, get who like, gets $100 off rent oh. for doing all the ground work. Right. Um, but they, you know, it's only $100 off rent, so you're not going to do too much yeah, to, right, like, really right. take care of this huge property. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they... They have shoveled it they yet. Haven't. I don't think so. I think they did the first time, the first little dump of snow. And he also cleared my car. That's very smart. That was so nice. Yeah. And then I think the second one, he's like, okay, well, and they didn't. just leave it. Yeah. Look at the, the $100 aside. Get the fuck out there and do that and be a good neighbor. It's mm-hmm. just, that's, come on, we're trying to have a society here. This and is it's confusing because there's do. also businesses attached to the place. So it's like, who does what? Yeah, it's a very confusing building, but... Grab a shovel. Anybody. The biz, anybody. Just go out and do it. Yeah, my whole house is a death trap. Yes, like, it, it is. Like, it is falling down. Oh, my God. The stairs out back? Who oh. Did anyone clear those for you? Uh, no. <laughs> it was so scary walking down those stairs. Okay. The stairs are already about to fall down and be destroyed, but with the ice on top of it, too. It's just, like, it's so spooky. If you but, haven't been to Jenny's house, to get up to <laughs> her suite. Come on over. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. But to get up to her suite, you have to go up these, like, rickety-ass wooden stairs that are terrifying in the middle of spring on a beautiful spring day. Yeah. They're fucking terrifying. I feel like I'm going to go through them. I can't imagine. They're, they're like, so steep. There's there's no way they're to code. They're, like, deck stairs, <laughs> um, but they're, like, yeah, they're, like, shaky. I think it used mm-hmm. to be the old, like, fire escape route kind Man. of thing. And now it's like my front door, kind of. It's so confusing. And all the wood is rotting. There is rot in our bathroom. Mm. And I'm so scared to tell my landlord. (laughs) Why? Because it's going to be the biggest job. Yeah. So you're going to think tailor out the entire bathroom? Like the whole tub underneath, like all the wood holding it up is rotted. That's not good, Jen. You're going to be in there enjoying a lovely soak one night. I don't, I don't do baths right anymore. Your, yeah, I can see why not, no. really. Eh? It's yeah, that bad. it's that bad. The tile is going... Can you feel like underneath? Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. Oh, my God. Like We've mentioned it to them before. It's not like we're like hiding it from them. That would be a real dick move. Yeah. But no, we've told them. They're like, oh, it's fine. You know, like they don't want to deal with that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, and then we'll also have to probably move out for a couple of days while they get this huge thing done. Well, where else are you going to wash yourself? They don't know we have cats. <laughs> Your cats are always welcome to come and live with Uncle Paul. Okay, yeah. Who they love. Um, and then right now we have a, a leak in our kitchen sink. So we have a bucket underneath our oh. kitchen sink because it's leaking oh. and we've tried to fix it. Um, and yeah, they're like, they just try and do everything free. Like they don't want to ever hire anyone to do it. So yeah. we try and do it first and right. then we call them. Oh my gosh. I'm so scared of our house just being like, oh no, no one can live here anymore. It's going to fall down and then I'll be homeless. It's close 
to condemnation, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. if you were to say to them, look at we got a leak under the sink, what are they doing for free? They're what? They're going to come over with a with wrench and crack fix wrench, it? yeah. Okay. And then we'll be like, yeah, we tried that. And then it doesn't work, and then what? Then and do then they call a plumber? Like, they would be like, okay, maybe we'll call a plumber, and they'll try and get a really good deal, and then they won't find a plumber, and then we'll find a plumber for them. Okay. And get a good deal for them. And, and how they'll long- try nickel and dime us. be like, we need to do less. Oh, God damn it. How long also, by the way, does this take to all happen? Oh, like weeks, weeks, weeks. Yeah, okay. Not acceptable anymore. I, it was, <laughs> there was one point where we had this huge leak in our roof, and it was like beyond just drips, it was a stream of water that came through one of our roommates' roofs, and we had this carpet in there, and the carpet became um, molded and mildewy. Uh, so um, they would come in, and they like tried to patch it, and we're like, no, that's not actually. It's like on the roof. Like yeah. You have to get a new roof. Yeah. Um, and they're like, no, no, we'll, we'll just patch it. So they patched it. And then, of course, the stream came through like a week later when Jesus. it rained. Um, and then the, the whole floor was rotted because the carpet was getting soaked. Yeah. So we ended up um, just being like, hey, if we replace the carpet, get laminate, and we'll do it all our own, is that okay? And they're like, yes, but we're only giving you $200. <laughs> wow. Did it cover everything you did? We found like this like like half... Like, like kind of like used laminate or something okay. through someone. <laughs> it's for marketplace. Yeah, like something like that. Form. And then, Jeez. yeah, we ended up doing it all ourselves. Luckily, the person I was living with, too, was like a painter. So we like knew oh, okay. a proper way to patch things. Yeah. And like we put a tarp on and like did all this. And um, yeah, that's that's the sort of stuff we deal with. But that's the thing. You have to because if I didn't have this place, yeah. like I'm really happy where I live and I love it. And I don't mind that they're super lazy because... I don't have to deal with them that often. Right, yeah. um, and I can learn how to do things my own. Um, if I didn't have this place, I don't know what I would do in Victoria. It's so expensive. It would be tough for you to find a place that's as cool as the place you have now, for sure. And like right? as big and as bright and such an amazing location. No, mm. you really lucked out when you moved to this town. And I can see why you would never want to leave it. Yeah, I'm like terrified of the day. you put up with this death trap shit that goes on. Yeah, or I have to pay probably twice as much. Yeah. To get that amount of space, and I'm not going to get that amount of space. I don't understand what it is with these fucking landlords, and it's the same thing to like. I don't understand. It's it's especially landlords who like I've experienced who just own the house outright. Mm-hmm. So the house doesn't own like cost you anything throughout the month other than property taxes, which are going up. And I understand that. It's yes, very but expensive. like compared to well, what most people is like, the mortgage itself is by far the most expensive part of their housing or the rent and then and then property taxes and like strata are like minute compared to what the big cost is of just buying the land and property yeah once you own that outright it's pretty reasonable to just pay that yeah especially when in your place how many suites are in there four paying easily a thousand dollars each oh yeah so you get a four grand coming in every single month yeah at least why can't you shave a, a percentage of that off for just general upkeep of a house that is completely paid off. Oh, good point, yeah. But I don't understand that. Like, I, when I rented my place out, it's not paid off. I pay the mortgage every month. Everything that's extra, I try and squirrel away. And when my tenants call me and they're like, oh, we got a problem, there's something leaking or something like that, I get the fuck on it. And guess what I use? The money that I've squirreled away. Yeah, does that cut into my profit of the house? Yeah, but... Guess what? That's being a landlord. I understand I th- the generation of landlords that are these old fucking rich duffs mm-hmm. 
that just own this place but decide not to take care of it. Yeah, so my landlord specifically, like, they are wealthy, and I think it's because, too, that they are that way. They're very, you know, nickel and dimey. It's like some of the biggest billionaires, like Jim Patterson, right. for example, right. you know, is that wealthy because he's really careful with his money. My landlord's a doctor and a nurse their entire lives lived in oak bay had multiple properties have kids who were like lawyers and doctors as well they're right. like really they're doing great yes um retired and um their kid comes in and helps like when they need to get things done right hoe things away or whatever but it's, i think it's just like a mindset right where it's like we it have is. to we have no, to get the best deal because we have to save our money and that's how they do so well <laughs> Um, I hate to just like paraphrase uh, better journalism here, but there's an actually a f- very fascinating story over in Vancouver on the downtown east side. A couple of the most uh, rundown buildings, they were very beautiful when they were built back at like the turn of the century or the 20s or whenever like Vancouver was being built up. They were like the center of town and very beautiful, these stunning buildings. They were hotels and now they've been turned into single room occupancy places mm. as the downtown east side, you know, got bad and obviously like is the way it is now, right? And these two buildings, at least, are owned by this family that is exorbitantly wealthy, mm. but refuses to do the most basic stuff. And as you can imagine, when you have, you know, like people who are one step away from homelessness, right? And they're all crashing in these flop houses and these single room occupancy houses. Mm-hmm. And like how horrible it is. Toilets just like overflowing with shit. And people kind of like all sprawled out. And there's like needles everywhere. And. Um, it's like the mattresses where there was just rats living inside oh. the mattresses as people were trying to sleep oh. on them and then the rats would die and then they would just be <laughs> in there. Like the most horrific, hellish living area things you can possibly think of, these buildings should have been condemned. And then as well, a structural stuff. So like mm-hmm. very dangerous. The whole place was going to collapse in on itself if they didn't, you know, replace these beams, this expensive process down in the basement. And the landlords were extremely wealthy, Ah. refused to do anything about it. And eventually the city had to, like, do a court thing and take the properties away from them. And they end up getting paid $1 per property because that's what they said the market value was because it needed so much work. Because it would cost them that much money. Wow. But that's what I mean. Like, and that's that's downtown Eastside. That was a major, major story. But, like. Isn't that insane? I think you're right. It is a mindset of mm-hmm. people, and they're just like, no, I need to hoard this wealth. This is my money. This is mine. I'm not going to pay money. And and I heard, too, these people, they, they were so rich, but they, like, dressed kind of shabbily, and they would go to, like, have a free meal also on the downtown east side. So, oh, like, yeah. the people that they were putting up in these houses who were, you know, in destitute poverty, they were there getting a free meal with them, and they're insanely wealthy. Okay, so I get it. There are these people. There's these (laughs) insane people who hoard their wealth like that and Mm -hmm. don't and do all these things. Why are they ever in charge of the living situation of others? How is it possible that they wound up in the situation where they get to be the landlords and decide the level that people get to just live and it's a stub standard level? Yeah, I know. And well, I'm honestly thankful for them. <laughs> Your landlord. Yeah. They give me a lot of freedom to kind of do what I want. I can paint the house however I want. That is nice. I can just get rid of all their old shit. And they're just like, that's fine. That sounds good, Jenny. You know, as long as you're cats, paying though. for it. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Like, okay. But you your know? cats live in secret. And my cats live in secret because mm. my landlord is allergic and doesn't ever come to my house. But we're allowed dogs. 
Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Insane. That's why okay. I have cats, because I'm like, that's a silly excuse. You don't come into my house. So <laughs> I'm having a cat. Clean your sidewalks, please. Mm. Whether it's your job or not, get out and do the right thing and clean your fucking sidewalks. If you have a house, if you live in a house, a shovel is what? $35? I don't know. Get out there and fucking do it. That's the price of doing business. This dump of snow that we get for like a week at a time, once a year, has become the new normal. I don't know if that's climate change. I don't know what that is, but just reliably now in Victoria, there's no excuse. Buy a shovel. Mm -hmm. Do the right thing. Tidy your sidewalks, please. And do it for your neighbors as well who are maybe elderly or can't do it. Do the right thing for your street. This is a very basic, decent, human decency thing. And you feel good when you do it too, right? When you finish the project, you're like, ah, I worked up a little bit of a sweat. I was in the snow for a bit. That doesn't happen very often. (laughs) You know, it's it's a good time and people often thank you. So, yes. Uh, it's just the and, and I'm I'm, and I'm not the legit litigious type, but uh, what if I did fall down and like really seriously hurt myself? I landed on my knee. You fuck up your knee, you fuck up your life. Yeah, that's right? what they say. That's what they say. I already have a bit of a football injury on this knee, and now I You're landed on it. Yeah. Okay. So, right? So really? What if I you played football? Uh, yeah, for a year in high school. Uh, um. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was a long time ago. Uh, Is that yeah, what you thinking? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. So what if an old person did fall down where I fell down mm-hmm. on that ice and decides to su- and breaks, breaks their hip and is in a wheelchair for the rest of their life? Oh, my gosh. What if they decide to sue you as well? Yeah. Are you going to sue? That's what I said. No, I'm not the litigious type. Okay. Oh, there's no excuse anymore. Okay. Thank you for letting me vent about that. Anytime. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Truly. Um. Yeah, I guess if you're listening, it might be tonight, which is Thursday. Mm-hmm. Oh, a little early because I'm going to Vancouver this weekend. Oh, what for? Um, can I say? Yes, I can. Because, <laughs> okay, my sister doesn't listen to my shit. It's fine. Um, we're having a, uh, a surprise birthday party for my sister who lives in Port Moody. Oh, man. And then also my best friend um, of a very long time is, it's also her birthday. So okay. going for a little like friends and sister trip. Going to do some vintage shopping. Going to just kind of take it easy. And yeah, I'm Wait, excited. That's so good. You deserve some time off as well. So that's great. Thanks. All right. Truly, thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Keep it up. Love you so much. Love you. Oscar nominations came out today, and there's a lot of talk about the nominees for Best Director. Quentin Tarantino, Todd Phillips, Martin Scorsese, Bong Joon-ho, and Sam Mendes. And, of course, a lot of people are upset because Greta Gerwig was snubbed from this category for her work with Little Woman. Congratulations to those men. And it is very obvious that they all have something in common, the people who were nominated for Best Director, and that is they're all pizza lovers. And now the nominees for Best Pizza Place. Original Rays. Famous Original Rays. Joe's. Dominic's. And Tony. Congratulations to those men. complains about the snow? No. Here's why. A couple of things. There's no such thing as bad weather. (laughs) I always say this, right? Yeah. There is only insufficient clothing or vehicles. So, okay, Mm. bundle up and you'll be having a great old time out in the snow. Do you have snow tires on? Is your vehicle good in the snow? 
you'll be fine. Yeah. The thing, though, that I really love, Jen, is I kept thinking this last night. Victoria is so pretty as it is mm. that, like, it's not fair to the rest of everywhere when we get the dusting of snow. Like, when it's so, so extra pretty, when it's been iced with snow like this. Yeah. That's not okay. <laughs> I know it's not fair to the, the rest of Canada. When I was in Thunder Bay, that city sucks and is ugly to begin with. And then you put snow on top of it and you're like, that's n- not that much prettier. Mm-hmm. Victoria with the trees and just everything, the way that it just gets dusted. Oh, God. So last night, I love driving in the snow. I find it fun. Wow. I don't recommend doing that, but I do enjoy it. Um, so I went for a drive and then pulled up by the beach and went for a walk along the beach. This is after the storm happened. So yep. the wind had died down and yep. the waves were controlled. But it was just such a weird feeling to be on a beach on the coast mm-hmm. with snow on the ground and how beautiful it was and strange. And uh, yeah, I just had such a great night. And also, uh, a dad and his son yeah. asked me to be a part of a snowball fight. So that was cute, too. It's not fair. <laughs> I know. To the rest of the country. It's like, yeah, we're not as well as equipped, but we just do it better. Even the snow. Mm-hmm. You're blowing it. Rest of Canada. <laughs> really dramatic waves and storm and everything, especially down near the breakwater and down at Dallas Roads over the last couple of days there. Um, some beautiful pictures and videos coming off out of there with the waves all crashing up onto Dallas. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one guy had to get rescued out of the water near Ogden Point after he jumped in from the seawall. Yeah, so I guess he put on a uh, wetsuit and decided to go mm-hmm. for a snorkel. <laughs> Apparently, he was just standing near the edge of the water, just looking at it as a witness was taking photos of uh, the waves. And then all of a sudden, he just hop up into the water he goes. And once he got in there, realized, how the heck am I going to get out of this? Because the water was so high, it right. was like hitting onto the, the uh, like just, crashing against the walls yeah so strong and i don't know how he was expecting to get out Um, well do you know where he jumped in from the looks of it it's that you know on dallas where there's you you can go down those steps there then there's those those, like uh those steps that go straight down into the ocean yeah do you know that part yes it looks like that's where he jumped off i don't know why he just couldn't go up those steps if the waves are really knocking him around that hard that even that would have been dangerous yeah to just climb the steps up it's not like he was wearing flippers or anything he was flopping around it's wild um he also had a gopro and a snorkel little set on so i think he was trying to get a cool video and it turned out really bad okay this is where you get to balance the risk versus reward all right Mm -hmm. you goproers (laughs) what do you think Weigh it out. Either you're going to get a sweet video that goes viral of some waves, and then how many views do you really think your YouTube page is going to get of some waves on Dallas? A thousand. A thousand views is going to be a big whoopity do. Versus the risk is, as this guy was, you got to be rescued and then told off by like a fire chief or a police captain or something. He did get more attention this way than he probably would have if he had just a video and got out okay. That's what I mean. Risk versus reward. Really weigh it out here, team. Well, it's coming down out there. A whole nother day of snow day in Victoria. And there are so many activities that you can do, but we want to warn you that there are good activities to do in the snow in Victoria and also ones that you should avoid. Okay, like one that we saw that's real and that's good. Paddleboarding on a nice, calm body of water with the snow all around you. That's going to go viral. Yeah.
Yeah, if you wear a nice dry suit, you're good to go. Adorable. Not so good. It was that photo that we saw in the Times Colonist of uh, a snorkeler just jumping in at the end of Ogden Point into the King Tide when the waves were crashing real hard against the wall. Yeah, that's bad. You're going to need to get rescued. Okay, another great way to play in the snow in Victoria and go viral, maybe? Making a snowman that looks like Gordy Dodd from Dodd's Furniture. Nice. A not-so-good thing to do in the snow in Victoria? Yes. Make a snowman that looks like John A. McDonald. We're going to have to get that removed. <sighs> what a sight it is in Victoria. At a certain point last night, I looked out the window because I was like, kept checking on the snow, checking on the snow, obviously, and then I noticed... That uh, it was like the cutest sight. My neighbors were outside in the front y- yard having a snowball fight together. Like okay. in their pajamas. They didn't even get out of their like comfy around the house PJ clothes. And they were having a snowball fight. That is adorable. Doesn't, Isn't it? Doesn't the snow just make you want to be so precious? Like, oh, I just want to have hot cocoa now all of a sudden and sit by a fire and go on a cute little date by the water and go oh, for a walk, that, you know? Okay. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, you'll be glad to know this is quite precious. Do you remember last year they did the big snowball fight on the lawn of the legislature mm-hmm. building? They're going to do that again. Same organizer. Hundreds of people got together last year to do it. They're going to go do it again. The unofficial snowball fight. Um, is uh, good to go. That'll be good. Do you have any like tips for how to be good at a snowball fight? Yeah. I feel like it all has to do with like the types of mittens or gloves that you're wearing. Mm. And I don't really know like what that... Because I really want to go barehanded. Because when you get a barehand snowball, you can pack it the best. You get the most dexterity. You can fling it the best. It doesn't get all stuck to your mitts. But obviously, you throw one or two snowballs and then your hands are freezing. You got to be building calluses for like a year in order to be good <laughs> at a snowball fight, you know? But what is... Like, I'm trying to think of other mittens, like, they're all, they just get stuck. Yeah. Leather gloves, maybe, I guess. Leather would be good. Um, a lot of, like, snowboarding mittens would be good. Um, but, yeah, there's nothing worse than when you grab all the snow, and it's really packy out there yeah. right now, too, and you, like, lift up your hands, and it's just covered in these little, like, balls of snow. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, as I had, used to have leather gloves. Mm-hmm. I used to keep them in my glove compartment. They were for driving when it was cold out. And every time I'd bring them out anywhere, everyone was like, what are you, a serial killer? You look like a serial killer with these leather gloves. What, are you, dude, are you serious with these freaking leather gloves? Don't kill me, dude. We are getting an overwhelming amount of feedback saying that the best gloves to wear for snowball fights are rubber gloves. You can put them over top of your regular mitts. What is this nonsense? This seems insane to me. Really? How creepy are you going to look? Whether it's like the latex gloves, like, oh, everybody get ready for a snowball. Like, snap, right? Mm-hmm. Those disgusting things, mm-hmm. that's bad. And then what, like rubber dish gloves? You're going to look like an insane person out there. No, that is crazy to me. In all my years of doing a snowball fight. I support it. You got to do what you got to do to win the battle. I hate it. I think you go barehanded. I think that's what you do. You go hot. <laughs> So over the weekend, the New York Times got caught the ire of like all of Canada. Because listen to this. Uh, this is the tweet that they did along with a um, article about uh, Megxit and uh, Harry and Meghan moving possibly to Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Um, listen to this tweet. Many Canadians are giddy at the prospect that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle could be moving to Canada, injecting some razzle-dazzle into the sprawling, bone-chillingly <laughs> cold country. Now... Especially that we're getting a little bit of a deep freeze here in Victoria and a bit of a snowfall right now. It's like, I can't argue with you that it's pretty chilly here. 
And sprawling owes share a second greatest landmass in all countries. But the fact that you say that maybe you imply that we need a razzle dazzle, <laughs> that only this actress and her husband can bring to our country. Mm-hmm. That's not what we are really all too interested about. That's not the type of razzle-dazzle we're just dying for. Like, oh, my life is so boring, please. Oh, I must go foraging for razzle-dazzle in the permafrost. Oh, hopefully these two magic people can bring it. I can, I can just suck it out of their footsteps. What is razzle-dazzle in your eyes? When thinking about Victoria or Canada as a whole. Well, that's just it, right? Like, yeah. number one, I don't think I would use the term razzle dazzle, but if I, <laughs> I did, love the term razzle dazzle, <laughs> I think that if you're concerned with something that would be qualified as razzle dazzle, it's just like, hey, focus up, come on, go to work. Oh, like, you need razzle dazzle in your life? Shut, shut up, shut, shut up, you. So, on behalf of like all Canadians, because Canadians went on back to Twitter and just mm-hmm. chirped the hell out of the New York Times, and pretty much the takeaway was. Uh, don't talk about us. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. We don't care. Don't go away. You don't know what kind of razzle-dazzle we're holding over here. When I think of razzle-dazzle, yeah. I think of like a family of raccoons <laughs> <laughs> eating out of my garbage bin. Right. And I catch them and they all look, but they continue moving their hands and eating garbage from my I garbage bin. That. That's what I think of. That's when you call when I, up to your roommate. Oh, we've got some real razzle-dazzle <laughs> going on. Oh, the family of raccoons are back for the old razzle-dazzle. Pulling the old razzle-dazzle <laughs> on us? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's good. Hmm. There's this trend on Twitter right now that uh, they have this question that they're asking people. Would you go to battle using only items tattooed on your body? All right. I'm asking you. Yeah, I would. Well, you have like a pie, like okay, an apple well, pie and some flames. So, yeah, I, you know, I was like, <laughs> start easy. I would get a pie that's on fire. That's right. So I could. And there's even like a little bit of a guitar on that as well. So, oh. yeah. I mean, imagine just getting someone in the face, like pieing someone in the face yeah. with a, a pie that's on fire. That oh. would be a, a great finishing move. That's a big ouchie. Then think about how I have a pirate ship on me with cannons and everything on Whoa, it. Wow, you do! Yeah, so oh obviously if it's a sea battle, I'm well equipped. And then my other tattoo is a dinosaur, is a T-Rex. <laughs> so yes, as a matter of fact, the only way I would ride into battle was atop a trusty T-Rex that could take out anything and is like near invincible. Oh. Can you imagine just like the the other side of their like sitting in their foxholes like... I think we're pretty well equipped for this battle. It's just long the other guy doesn't have a T-Rex. And then he hears, boom, boom, right? And here comes now a T-Rex, right? Like roaring over the hill. They'd be pooping in their pampers. And then you're atop with a pie in your hand that is on fire. And I think you have a tattoo of your cat also. That's right. With like your, you petting your cat. Like how intimidating would that be? Also, that should be a movie. I would watch that 100% battling T-Rexes. Okay, what about you? Well, I only have one tattoo. And it's not going to do me much. Yeah. Um, it is a Ouija board planchette. Right. So uh, a thing to summon demons mm. or ghosts. So, I mean... I could summon some ghosts for battle. See don't know now. how well they'd be. Uh, yeah, are you really, though? Depending on the ghost could that I, I decide be? to summon. Yeah, because I would see that on the other side of battle from you, and you'd be there with your Ouija doing like, 
Should I get my hair done? Mm, yes, no, maybe so. <laughs> Will I win this battle? Yes yeah. or no? Mm, and then I also have a snake tattoo, which, I mean, could come in handy, but it ain't no T-Rex. Check out Parker Brothers over here. I'm not worried about this. <laughs> and Brian, you have baby hands? Well, <laughs> my, I have my my kids' handprints from when they were, I think they were like around three months old or whatever. So I, <laughs> I stamped their hands and got those tattooed on me. Um, <laughs> so if I were to go into battle, I'd just be swinging these baby hands around. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I can swing these hands really hard. It's morbid. Yeah, it's yeah. very such weird. a weird thought. Yeah, I would avoid you at all costs. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I'm out. I don't even need to battle. Who is this, this guy? guy? Why does he have baby hands? Your best bet is to hold the baby hands up in a surrendering motion. Yeah. Right? Like, please don't hurt me. I have babies. That would have made sense. Hey, Brian? Oh, like the babies are attacked. Oh. Because <laughs> no, like, like, I'm a father. Please, please. Just take it. Oh, okay. Just surrender. Surrender with your baby hands. I just had something very much weirder in mind. Oh, I so. love it. Okay. <clears throat> Great. Paul, you came to me with a story today, and it kind of like brought up some questions because I've always thought about what happens if you're in a plane and it hits birds because they're just flying around willy-nilly. I know. I like to think that birds don't stand a chance and airplanes are designed to just like smack through the birds. Oh, and no. even if like, I don't care how big <laughs> the bird is, right? Canada goose, bald eagle, whatever, sucks through the engine. Well, that's a sad story, but it just kind of makes that like poof and then all the like feathers go flying everywhere, but the plane just keeps on trucking. Yeah, that's what I would expect. But that's not often the case. In fact, mm. like there's some famous examples that Sullenberger, right, when he had to land on the Hudson River, mm-hmm. birds. Oh, and Canada gooses, by the way. Oh, big ones. Um, today, it's a big top story in the news right now that a WestJet flight bound for Victoria this morning had to land in Vancouver after hitting a bird midair. A single bird! One bird. They say that it it was a Boeing 737. Oh. A goddamn albatross the size of that thing. <laughs> a pterodactyl. But, seriously. But it sounds like it just hit it on the nose. Yeah, so it got some damage on its nose cone after striking a bird and then needed to be diverted to Vancouver um, and get some maintenance. So everyone was safe. There were 30 31 passengers on board and everyone's good, but good. that would have been terrifying. It's one of my biggest fears. When I see birds in the sky, I'm just like, hey, settle down. But it did cause like a little bit of uh, relief knowing that if you do hit a bird, it's okay. Chances are they'll <sighs> well, be the, able to do something about it. Exactly. I mean, nose cone, yeah, you get it to land as soon as possible, it sounds like. But mm-hmm. uh, this is what I would like ongoing from my plane manufacturers. Boeing, Bombardier, whoever, listen up. Bird-proof your planes. <laughs> I'm sure they're pretty bird-proof. I want 100% bird-proof of proofs. And if we are hitting Canada gooses, albatrosses, what are some giant other birds? Uh, those ones you see down Herons. at the... Herons. Heron. No matter how big the bird, when it comes to plane versus bird, I want plane one, bird zero. Hi, this is Rick from down in the United States. Okay, I just want to let you folks know that... Uh, the way General Electric uh, rates their gas turbine engines is by how many chickens they can ingest before stalling. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. I've seen this, too. And they get in the wind tunnel, and they're not throwing live chickens in there and watching the feathers go flying. But they do put, I know this, they put semi-frozen chickens 
into a pillowcase full of feathers and then they throw that in the engine while it's running. No way. Yeah, that's a joke. Oh yeah. But they do use the frozen. <laughs> but the frozen chickens, I'm right about that, right? Or like they would, they'll take like a roast chicken, like you would get at the Safeway, and then just start tossing them into the engines, right? Right. And uh, actually, what they'll what they'll do is they'll just take dead chickens that haven't been plucked and toss in one. And if it, if it ingests it, fine. If then they toss in two. And they keep tossing them in in greater uh, quantities until the engine stalls. And then they go, okay, that's a six-chicken engine. <laughs> <laughs> like they toss them in at a time, like five chickens at a time, six at a time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. This is real? Yeah, I, I went to General Electric Gas Turbine School. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's phenomenal, Rick. Thank I you so much. it's not the same thing for, like, horsepower <laughs> having to do with that. How many horses? They do. They race the car against horses. That's what okay. they do. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Paul Plastino, Jenny West. In the afternoon zone. Oh, so crazy out there with the snow. How did you get to work today, Jen? Oh, I walked to work today. How did you get to work today? Well, I know what I walked to, but I actually have some audio of what that sounded like. Perfect. This goes on for 25 minutes. Remember that big story? Uh, it was about six months ago. The Sea to Sky gondola, they had their um, line cut. Yeah. So a bunch of the, the carts, or like the uh, little gondola carts, yeah. um, they were damaged and they had to close down and they've been closed for six months. Quite the prank, too. Remember, we were just like, who does this? Who's got a wire cutter capable of cutting a gondola cable? That's insane. I think it, yeah, goes beyond a prank. I just, yeah, I don't know exactly who did that. I don't think they really know who did it either. They just know that it was intentional like mm. someone went and vandalized it and um uh good news it's going to be reopening for february 14th sweet so if you want a nice little cute date go to the gondola i'm sure it's gonna be so busy but that of course is in squamish um bossman johnny's been telling us to think about little ideas to get us out of the radio station when if you and i celebrate valentine's day together up in a gondola in squamish i would love to do that with you for the grand opening right yeah it's like a slow zip line Oh my God, we love zip lines. Yeah. Okay, speaking of rides on the Lower Mainland, I found out today, um, a good friend of mine works in a demolition, like just bringing down old buildings and whatever. And you know what he's working on today? What? The corkscrew roller coaster at the p &E. Get rid of it. What? Are you talking about yeah. get rid of it? Yeah, that one's not that great. Okay, the roller coaster that is the best there is the wooden roller coaster. We all know that. It's so good because there is that level of like fear that it's going to derail at any point. <laughs> and then the corkscrew is so quick. You know, it was over in like 30 seconds. There was one loop-de-loo, but who cares? I know. I, f I get that. I understand the criticism that it's a short ride, but mm -hmm. it's a good ride. And it's the only one there that kind of feels like a modern roller coaster that, as you say, does a little bit of a loop-de-loop. So let that be my motto and put it on my tombstone. It's okay if it's a short ride as long as it's a good ride. They're probably going to put a better ride in there, Paul. Short and good. <laughs> I'm just laughing because Jenny thinks this is not an interesting story. But I am fascinated by it, so let's... I mean, it's, me relative, it's relatively Jenny, interesting. I read the whole article and I was like, where, okay, that's cool to know, but... Uh, where does your poops go when you flush them down? 
into the sewage. Uh-huh. And then And then what? It. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. So right now there's a ban in the CRD against spreading sewage biosolids as fertilizer. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to do that because they're worried about it contaminating plant life or farm life or whatever. But now the CRD is actually thinking about lifting that ban because, you know, this new uh, sewage treatment system that's going to be, we're going to be using here in the region. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, so I didn't even realize this, a lot of that gets down, down into this like granular um, biosolid waste is like this like grain stuff that gets used as fuel in cement kilns. Yeah, that Did is you pretty know cool. That? I didn't know that. that See, is this cool. is it, right? Yeah. We just think we just put a pipe out into the ocean and then the fish eat it or whatever. Yeah. So most of the time is fuel as a cement kiln. That's sweet. But there's four or five weeks a year where that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So now they're thinking about lifting that ban and they want to spread it over some various places, including at uh, Heartland uh, Landfill. Okay. Now listen to this. Methane gas escaping from the landfill will have to pass through the biosolids and get converted to carbon dioxide. Hmm. And through this transformation, greenhouse gas emissions are significantly reduced since carbon dioxide is a much less potent greenhouse gas than methane. Oh, well, that's pretty neat. And yeah, isn't that? Also, it's supposed to help with like nutrients in the vegetation around that area, too, which is neat. Exactly. Also, they could be used to fertilize trees and other vegetation covering inactive sections of the landfill. So not for food, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you want to like, grow a bunch of trees and whatever and help out with the climate change in that way, your poop... Could be doing it. It seems like a no-brainer. So there you go. I am fascinated by this. We just do this. We're just like, oh, there's my poop. Just press a magic flusheroo and it just goes away. It doesn't pile up in my house, yeah. so I don't care what it does. Well, you got to think about the impact to your whole your place in the food chain, Jen. Well, now I am interested in it. Thank you, Paul. Are you being real with no, me right I now? No, I am being serious. Are you coming around? I'm coming around for this whole poop talk here. <laughs> Was it because I described a pile of poop in your house? Yes. <laughs> Thanks for joining the PJ Party. For more from Paul and Jenny, get them live 2 to 6 weekday afternoons on The Zone at 91.3. Or around the world via the Internet's tubes at thezone.fm. Do them a solid and leave a review wherever you get this podcast. And tell your friends about it. Paul and Jenny are both on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so get in touch. Thanks for joining the PJ Party. Hi, I'm Webmeister Bud. I'm DJ Boitano. I'm Kirsten James. I'm Art Aronson. I'm Paul Bacino. And the Zone's Geek Out Podcast is where we get together each week and talk about geeky stuff like technology, movies, comics, TV, Harry Potter, Star Wars, and how much better Marvel is than DC. So much better. Come on, man. Captain America. Calm down, Art. You can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold or at thezone.fm slash geekoutpod. With new episodes each Friday, it's The Zone's Geek Out Podcast. Listen, please. Bye!